You're listening to the Hello Awesome Podcast, and this is episode number 139. Hey everyone, GC here. We are back for part two of the Purpose of Life Bible Study. I hope that you enjoyed part one. We are diving back into the book of Genesis and looking at the Lord as our potter. This lesson is a personal one for me, I must confess, and it was difficult teaching it without choking up. I pray that you will have a new revelation of who Jesus is and his purpose for your life after this Bible lesson. Reminder, you can go on our Facebook group to get the notes. It's called Purpose of Life Study Group, P-O-L, Study Group, and you will find all of the notes for these lessons in the download file section. You can also go, after listening to this episode, to Hello Awesome YouTube under the playlist Purpose of Life Study and find the video where I am actually teaching on Zoom this Bible study where I have my notes in the Bible side by side and the different discussions there. So I hope you guys will do that. Subscribe to Hello Awesome on YouTube. Follow us, Purpose of Life Study Group on Facebook. So you can join in on that community. All right. Let's get into it, friends. This is episode number 139 that I am calling Purpose of Life, Part 2. Hey guys, I'm JC. Are you ready for real conversations about faith, business, and life? Me too. This is the Hello Awesome Podcast, where I bring forth topics and truthful insights that will encourage you to make intentional choices and pursue God with your whole heart. Are you ready to say hello to the awesome blessings that God has for you? All right, let's do this. Hey, before we get into this episode, let me just share with you a couple of things some of my friends are doing. Over at Oneness Essentials, you can get handcrafted soap and beauty products that will make your skin fall in love with you again. Go to onenesssoapbiz.com and use our special code HELLO8 for 15% off your next order. Also, Jessica's Most Modest has some amazing clothing that you need in your wardrobe next season. Go to jessmodest.com and use our code HELLOAWESOME for 15% off today. Years ago, when Summer Neal was asked to take over her church's social media, she didn't know where to start. She didn't know how to create content. She was not a professional photographer or videographer, and she didn't know a thing about how to connect people with online. Well, Summer does now, and she's eager to share that knowledge with you. The Social Pentecostal is a social media consulting company that seeks to empower the church to utilize social media effectively to reach the loss and to make heaven bigger by teaching social media's best practices to church leaders and creatives. The Social Media Pentecostal offers monthly online training through the Social Pentecostal community. Follow her on social media at the Social Pentecostal to learn tips and tricks for your church's social media management and content creation. God does not need professionals. He simply needs a willing vessel. Let the Social Pentecostal help you bring glory to God on social media. And together, you can reach the lost and make heaven bigger. For more information, visit thesocialpentecostal.com. Okay, we are here for part two of the Purpose of Life 
Bible study. I'm really excited that uh, you ladies are here. I know we have a couple other ladies who might be joining us, and this is still very, very new, so people um, haven't gotten into the habit of probably jumping on Zoom on a Thursday night. So I completely understand that. Um, so I am recording this. I will be putting it on Hello Awesome YouTube for a replay. Um, and then if you want the notes for this, I have it in the chat in Zoom. And I'm also going to put it in the description of this video. Okay, so last time in part one, we talked about the beginning and we talked about how God created, how he's our creator, and how God created us for a relationship with him so that we can connect with our creator. And as basic as that sounds, sometimes it's hard for us to remember the basics. And it's one of the reasons why I wanted to do this study. So I um, I remember we talked about, obviously, uh, God created man in his own image and his likeness. And so he's not only our creator, but he's also our father. And that is exactly what he wants. Such a deep relationship with us. It's not just creator and creation, but it's also a father and a child, which is always very special. And we see that in the scriptures. And so the video for that is also on a Hello Awesome YouTube from part one. But we're not going to go through all of this. I'll probably revisit some of these today. But um we did talk about how God formed us in the womb and how we we were planned. God knew us. God knows us now, and he always will. And it's just letting us uh, uh, know that we have purpose. There's purpose for our life. There's purpose for why we're here. And um, sometimes it's hard to feel that way. So today, in part two, I did want to kind of revisit some of the life questions that are the heart basically of this Bible study and something came to my mind as I was studying and I wanted to share this with you I felt this kind of drop into my spirit that there are no foolish questions answers aren't always instant and this is so important because just because you have a lot of questions does not mean that you're foolish and you don't understand. It just means you want to know and it's okay to ask questions. And we have to be really, really okay with asking questions that might make us feel uncomfortable because the answers are super important. And also the answers aren't always instant. So if there are questions that come up, uh, I may not have answers. You may not have answers. God has all the answers, but he may not tell us right away. And so we might have questions that, you know, as we go through this study, that we might not get the answer that session, but maybe we'll pray about it and we'll get it throughout the week and then come back and we'll have an answer, if that makes sense. So just be patient and the way that God has mercy for us, have mercy for ourselves and grace for ourselves and just wait patiently and trust the Lord that he's going to answer any questions that you have because he will. In due time. So I want to just revisit these questions here. What is the purpose of life? Why do we exist? Why are we here? Is God real? Who is God? Who are we? What's his purpose for us? 
And what's the whole point of it all? Very real questions that all of us have asked and sometimes still ask. So I wanted to define purpose today. And so I found this definition of, of purpose. The bottom line is purpose means intention or objective. And Oxford languages had this definition, the reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. The objective, intention. And we have a God who's very, very intentional. The world is chaotic and the world likes to sell the lie that God doesn't have a plan. He's just vengeful. He doesn't love. He just reacts because that's the way we are. And so we tend to put our human characteristics on an almighty God. And obviously that's a backward way of thinking. And so we think about the purpose of life. We have to trust that God has a purpose for us, but that God also himself has purpose. God has purpose. Because if we are made in his likeness, we have purpose, then God also has purpose. But as we read uh, during this study, today and even in the future, ask what stands out to you in this passage? Why, what's jumping out at you? And write that down. You may not think, think it's significant, but it is. And it might not, it might not tell you anything right away, but it might. And it's just something that you want to write down so you can revisit later. What do you think the main point is that when we're reading a text? What's the point of this? Um, that's very important. And, uh, and we'll, we'll hopefully unpack a lot of that. What does this scripture tell us about God? That's super important. Most of the time you'll realize that there are a lot of scriptures of God letting us know uh, what it's talking about, especially when it comes to him. God reveals a lot about himself in his word. And we're going to read those um, as the study goes on. Did reading this bring up any questions? Question about more questions. What is something new that you've learned today? Obviously, that would be good at the end. Um, as a reflection and also as a discussion. So let's get into it. I do want to just revisit Genesis 1-1 quickly. I have it up here pulled up in uh, my Bible app so that you guys can see. But I want to go back to Genesis 1-1. Um, and like I said, I do want to revisit this quickly. So it's okay if you can't um, get there right away. Uh, we have already gone through this. But Genesis 1-1 says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Okay, so it's just reminding us that we have a creator and a father. That we have somebody who, who has given us purpose, who loves us, and he has not left us. And he wants an intimate relationship with us. So he is our father. And then this takes us to... Ecclesiastes 3, 1. So this is the new part of the notes that I want to get to today. And I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's pretty lengthy. But I want to point out in Ecclesiastes 3, 1, a time to every purpose. So let's read that together. To everything there is a season 
and a time to every purpose under heaven. That means where we are on earth. There's a time to every purpose under heaven. When I researched that uh, purpose here, translated to things desired. That means there's a time for everything that we desire. And so, especially if it's in line with God and the scripture goes on to say a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to be plucked up, a time to pluck up that which is planted. As you continue on to Ecclesiastes, it's going to talk about this uh, in chapter three. But God's timing is perfect. And this is what I want us to get out of this. A time to every purpose. He has a plan for things and we can trust him. And his timing is perfect, even if we don't understand. But we have a God who is personal and he keeps tabs on everything, whether we think he does or not. And so let's go to Ephesians 3. And I put that we're going to start in verse 10, but I might do nine, depending on when I get there. I actually am going to start in nine. And I'm not going to unpack all of this, but this is just to get us talking about purpose, right? So Ephesians 3, 9 says this. And to make all men see that is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ, to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God, according to the eternal purpose which he proposed in Christ Jesus, our Lord, in which we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. So I want you to notice this. According to the external purpose, which he proposed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. He's talking about the purpose of his, him coming to earth. And obviously we haven't talked about that yet now, but he's talking about the purpose of, of Jesus, right? God's purpose, but there's an eternal purpose as he's talking about according to the eternal purpose. And when I research that, it just means external purpose. It's outside of ourself. It's outside of yourself. It's intentions for the world, for other people. It's, it's, it's not selfish. It's unselfishness. It's a bigger purpose than ourselves. Does that make sense? I thought it was pretty cool that he, God is saying that he has an eternal purpose. The Lord Jesus Christ, who is God, has an eternal purpose. It's bigger than us. And I feel as though in my spirit that if we are made in the image of God, he has an eternal purpose, then we also must have an eternal purpose. And so... I just want us to remember that there is a beautiful unselfishness about God that he hopes will be recreated within us. And that's very difficult to do 
in the world we live in today. We have a lot of people who are so self-consumed that they do not have even the mindset to think externally outside of their, their own their own selves. And um, we all can get that way. So I'm not bagging on that. But um, there is this attitude, this spirit about about those who are not in line with the spirit of God, that there is this selfishness that only focuses on their own purpose, what they want to do that they have been in charge of in their life. And what God is trying to say in these scriptures is that his timing is perfect. We can trust him. He has a purpose for us. And then there's also an external purpose outside of ourselves that he's going to be able to help other people through us the way that he helps other people. I want us to remember that why it matters, why we have purpose, where it all began. And it all began when the Lord formed man. So I want to go to Genesis 2-7. Okay, so Genesis 2-7 says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So what does this scripture tell us about God? He created mankind. He is our maker. And so what this tells us is that he is a hands-on God. He literally formed us and he made us and he was intentional about his forming of us. And not only that, he made us alive. He breathed uh, the breath of life. Now that's different from his spirit. Um, so a lot of uh, scholars have talked about that the possibility of this is when you receive the Holy Ghost, uh, the Holy Spirit, when he breathed into you life. Uh, but this is actually not the case when you go and look into scripture. So we'll look at that later uh, when that comes up. But this is him actually breathing the breath of life into us. Breath, his breath in our lungs, the way that that song, um, if you know what that song is, um, it's a beautiful thing and he's intentional. So it tells us that he's hands-on. He's our maker and he's intentional. And that's what I wanted us to get out of that. Um, but who knows, maybe God wanted to tell you something else. What he teaches you through the Bible and through scripture reading Um As long as you're following the Lord, it should never contradict other scriptures. So let's go to Isaiah 64, 8. Because we're talking about God forming us and giving us life. Remember what purpose was, right? The reason for which something is done or created or for the which something exists. He's giving us purpose. God can't possibly love me. I've made a mistake. I've done this. I've done that. There's no way that God can forgive me. Yeah, he's our creator. He made me, but I messed it all up and there's no going back now. And that's not true because he sees us. He sees what we can be. He sees our potential because he had, he started with potential. And so he sees who we can become and he has a plan for us. 
And Isaiah 64, 8 says, But now, O Lord, thou art our father. We are the clay and thou our potter. We all are the work of thy hand. So he is our father. Thou art our father. And then that relationship, clay and potter. Clay has potential. So if clay has potential before it's made into anything, who's to tell it that it doesn't have purpose? And obviously he formed man from the dust. So that actually kind of circles back to Genesis, that scripture, uh, Genesis 2, 7. Uh, also could mean cement, mortar, but it's basically a pliable substance. And the potter is the maker, the creator with purpose. God is our potter. He's our creator with purpose. He's hands-on. And so we have that potential before we are formed. And then God comes with purpose and he gives us purpose by making us and, 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 and making us alive, bringing us to life. Nobody else can do what he does. So I want to go to Isaiah 44, 21, talking about our maker. And it says this, remember these, O Jacob and Israel, for thou art my servant. I have formed thee. Thou art my servant, O Israel. Thou shalt not be forgotten of me. So I wanted to highlight that over here. I have formed thee. Nobody else made you. I did it. And this is very important because we're living in a society that always talks about being self-made. And I understand that sentiment uh, because if you're a hard worker, if you have a business, if you, um, you know, build a brand, if you're online, all that stuff, you can be self-made. And I've said it myself um, without thinking about it. Uh, nobody is truly self-made in the real world. When we talk about life, when we talk about purpose, um, God does that. He makes us. He gives us purpose. He forms us. And he forms that purpose for each of us. And so I want us to go um, Psalms 139.14. The psalmist says this. I will praise thee, praise God, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works and that my soul knoweth right well. Fearfully doesn't mean scared. So I'm going to go here and it says morally to revere, which is another word of respect. And it's to have reverence, it's to have this, this, this respect. And it also says terrible and dread, but that's in our English language as a bad thing. But the psalmist is saying there's a different kind of fear and dread. It's not a bad thing. It's respect. It's a, it's a deeper meaning. So I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works and that my soul knoweth right well. Then Jeremiah 1.5 says, 
Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Now, this was God's specific message to Jeremiah, if you see here. So it's the call to Jeremiah. And Jeremiah 1 4 says, Then the word of the Lord came unto me, me being Jeremiah, because he wrote this, that this was a special message from God to Jeremiah. He is a God of relationship. He's speaking to the prophet Jeremiah here and saying, I formed you. I formed you in the belly. I knew you. Before you even came out, I sanctified you. And I gave you purpose. I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. I gave you a calling. I gave you a purpose before you even born. And I believe he does the same to each one of us. Then we're going to go to Romans 9, 20 and 21. And it says, Nay, but, O man, who art thou that repliest against God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, Why hast thou made me thus? Basically, should the creation tell the creator, why have you made me this way? Has not the potter power over the clay of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor? Now, he's not saying God has done that, that God makes two different people and he made one of honor, one of dishonor. He's just saying that there is power in the potter's hands to do that if he wanted to. Out of the same lump, he can make one vessel of honor and he can make another one of dishonor. But it's just showcasing the power of our potter, potter, the power of God that who are we to say to God, why have you made me this? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it? If you think about it that way, we are creation. A lot of us want to boss God around. (laughs) He's our creator. And so a lot of us have this pent up anger and frustration and bitterness because of dealing with other formed clay, right? Dealing with other humans, other people who um, may be frustrating, may have, maybe they don't understand. Maybe they have hurt us in some way or we just don't get along. And it's hard for us to kind of get along with them. Um And so we have this in our minds that or in our hearts that God is the same way as we are. And so, you know, we have all this pent up stuff from other people, other relationships that we put on God and treat God as if he's another human being without realizing that he created us. He's the reason why we have being, why we have life, why we are alive. And so he has an external purpose an eternal purpose that's bigger than us. And he has a vision that's bigger than us because he's the potter and we are the clay. And it's not saying we don't have purpose. And it's not saying we don't have value because we do. And we'll talk about that later in a different, in a different lesson. But how beautiful is that though, that we do have a potter who cares about us, who gives us purpose. That brings me to Psalms 95, six and seven. Psalm 95, 6 and 7 say, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. I just want to pause because that is acknowledging that he is our maker. 
That's like if the clay bowed down to its potter. The sad thing is most of us don't want to do that because first of all, sometimes it feels weird to give up that control to something, someone we can't see. And we want to see it. We want to touch it. And so we have this beautiful opportunity to worship, to bow down, basically to acknowledge our God, our creator, and say, you're my maker. You gave me purpose. And in order to do that, we have to acknowledge that we did not make ourselves. How can you be the clay and the potter? Obviously, we are all work in progresses. <laughs> and I personally don't want to say I am the potter. That's too much on my shoulders. I can't do that. And the Bible does say we all fall short of the glory of God. Does that mean that we don't have purpose? No. Does that mean that we're destined for hell? No. It just acknowledges that we are not on God's level. And so there, are, there he has a vision for us. He has a purpose for us. And we need to trust him with that. Let's go back. Psalms 95, 6. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. That means to just literally, literally <laughs> in our unselfishness, right? Because we're not thinking about ourselves and our external purpose to worship and bow down to the Lord. Let us kneel before the Lord in acknowledgement, in reverence, in respect. He is our maker for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your heart as in the provocation and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. I'm not going to keep going, but for he is our God. We are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Obviously, that's talking about him being the shepherd and we're the sheep. Another analogy that we'll talk about a different time. But think about it again, the sheep of his hand, of his hand. He's a hands-on God. He has formed us. He has molded us. We are in his hands. And the only way that we will leave his hands is if we go and seek after a purpose opposite of what he has already purposed for us in his hands. But this scripture was one of the first ones that I memorized and it blew my mind. This whole context is a specific message that we're not going to get into. But I do want to talk about this point. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, 33, for God is not the author of confusion, but of peace as in all churches of the saints. God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. So if we are in his hands and we're confused about our purpose, it's because we need to acknowledge and we need to revisit the fact that he is our potter, that he's our maker, that he's our creator, that he has purpose for us and that he is not the author of confusion, but of peace. If we are in the hands of our potter, we can trust that he's going to take us, that he's going to mold us, that he has an external purpose for us and that we can trust him. It can be frustrating because we're like, you know, God, I'm losing vision. I don't know what to do. Like whether it's a job, whether it's a relationship, whether it's, I mean, even, even just moving, 
uh, going to a different state or school or whatever. But when we think about our external purpose that's outside of ourselves, we can say, you know what? He's not the author of confusion and he created me. And so I could trust that he has that taken care of, that he will guide me the right way. Let's go to Proverbs 22, two, which I love, but I highly recommend if you don't know where to start in the Bible, um, Proverbs is amazing. Psalms and Proverbs, obviously, but Proverbs is good. And you could just do a chapter a day and then write down whatever scripture is stuck out to you in your own words, what you think it means. So Proverbs 22, two says, the rich and poor meet together. The Lord is the maker of them all. So it's interesting here. I just went to my concordance. It says the rich and the poor meet together. And it says here, come in contact with, whether by accident or violence. Interesting. But that means come together. Rich or poor, you meet each other, whether by accident or you have a dispute. The Lord is the maker of them all. Look at Hollywood sometimes like they're not real people, but they are. And I, I, I'm always careful about just dismissing celebrities and not caring about their souls and being very callous towards celebrities in Hollywood. And that's just something that I have in my heart um, that I think sometimes, you know, we can have that attitude. But we have to remember that they're real people too. And yeah, they're living pretty extreme lives, but God is still their maker. And the same way he's the maker of us and the same way he's the maker of the person on the street begging for bread, right? Let's go to Jeremiah 33, two and three. Jeremiah 33, one to three says, moreover, the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah the second time while he was yet shut up in the court of the prison. Okay, so something happened to Jeremiah. Uh, I actually don't remember this part of the story, so I would have to go back and reread it. But he's in prison uh, and God's talking to him a a second time. And he says this, thus saith the Lord, the maker thereof, the Lord that formed it to establish it. The Lord is his name. Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things, which thou knowest not. God can show us great and mighty things that we don't already know. And I hope so. Because if I know everything right now, I'm gonna, I'm gonna mess up. I'm not gonna be able to help myself. But when I mess up in the future and I forget my main purpose, God has the vision. He's our potter. And if we call upon him, he can show us great and mighty things that we don't know. And that to me is a big comfort that I don't have to know everything. Thank the Lord. And God's not expecting me to know everything. So maybe that's something else we have to remember. Is God expecting us to know it all? No, he is expecting us to know some things, the most important things. And I think, you know, as we grow, uh, that'll get more and more. But let's go to, I have, Job 33, 4. And now we do have to be careful quoting 
Job. I know my pastor just said that last night during Bible study. And I agree because Job can be a very uh, difficult book to read. There's um, so many layers to it and it can be taken out of context. But this is when Elihu rebukes Job. Um, Elihu, the man of God, and Job is actually um, uh, being very negative about his situation. Now he has gone through some things. I'm not going to get into it. Um, so he does have what we think reasons to gripe and reasons to be upset. But Elihu is telling him, you know, that he's not in the right. He doesn't have the right attitude. And Job 33, 4 says, the spirit of God has made me and the breath of the, of the almighty has given me life. Okay. So Elihu is saying that you know, the spirit of God, he made me and the breath of the almighty gave me life. Now I can help you and I can help you get up and, you know, and get on with your life. In Psalm sixteen eleven. I know there's a lot to unpack here, but I want to end on this. This is obviously one of my favorite scriptures. I probably say that a lot. I'm going to say that so many times during the study, but. Psalm 1611 says, Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Thou wilt show me the path of life, right? Because he's our potter and he's formed us. And he's not going to form us and then just leave us on the shelf. He's going to have a purpose for us. And he's going to have a path for us. And in the presence of our potter, in the presence of our maker, there's fullness of joy. And at that right hand, at his power, there are pleasures forevermore. They never end. Psalms twenty two twenty nine: All they that be fat upon the earth, we'll get into what this means, but all that all they that be fat upon the earth shall eat and worship. All they that go down to the dust shall bow before him and none can keep alive his own soul. None can keep alive his own soul. That's so important. So basically, fat in here in the scripture means rich. It could be rich in money rich in authority, rich in power. It's just saying that they that are rich on the earth, they're going to eat, they're going to worship. All they that go down to the dust shall bow before him. It doesn't matter. Every one of us, when we're done with this life, we're having a good life, we're going to bow before him. Because none of us can keep ourselves alive. None can keep alive his own soul. I mean, the soul. There's no money in the world that you can pay to keep alive your own soul. Psalm 36.9 says, For with thee is the fountain of life. In thy light shall we see light. For in God is the fountain of life. A fountain shoots water out. And then it collects the water so that the water can come back. 
and it's free flowing. God's power is free flowing. And God is a fountain of life. He gives life. He gives life. He gives life. Sometimes he takes away life, but he is always giving. Isaiah 42, 5 through 9. Actually kind of long. But I really, really obviously enjoy Isaiah. It's one of my favorite books. There I go again. One of my favorite um, yeah, books of the Bible. It's all my favorite. I love the whole Bible. Um, no. Uh, so Isaiah 42, 5 through 9 says, Thus saith God the Lord, he that created the heavens and stretched them out, he that spread forth the earth, and that which cometh out of it, he that giveth breath unto the people upon it and, and spirit to them that walk therein. I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness and will hold thine hand and will keep thee and give thee for a covenant of the people, for a light of the Gentiles, to open the blind eyes, to bring out the prisoners from the prison, and them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. Behold, the former things are come to pass, and new things do I declare before they spring forth, I tell you of them. So he's not going to give his glory to another. Now, the Bible says that we all come short of the glory of God. Well, he's not going to give us the glory anyway. <laughs> he gives us our own glory, our own purpose. But the, 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 the entire point of this is saying that God's glory, he's not going to share. That belongs to him and him alone. Which if you were the potter, shouldn't the potter have his own glory? Why would the potter share glory with the clay? The clay just sat there. <laughs> the clay sat there with purpose. Um, but it was the potter who had the vision. It was the potter who was hands-on. It was the potter who did all the work. And so the potter gets all the glory, not the clay. Now, there's still worth and still value in the clay. And there is still glory in the clay, but not God's glory there's a separation between us and there's a reason for that he's the almighty we're going to end with acts 17 24 and 25 god that made the world and all things therein seeing that he is lord of heaven and earth dwelleth not in temples made with hands neither is worshiped with men's hands as though he needed needed anything seeing he giveth to all life and breath in all things what a perfect scripture to end today's part two lesson of the purpose of life bible study god made the world and all things inside of it he is a lord of heaven and earth and he dwells not in temples made with hands does that mean that he doesn't dwell in churches and he's not in our churches and he doesn't have his spirits not moving no it just means that he's not held there can't hold him he's the one in charge and it says you know neither is worship with men's hands as though he needed anything there's nothing that we have that can add to god now he desires a relationship with us he wants us to have that communication like a father and a child. 
And he wants us to be personal with him because he's a personal God. But there's nothing that we have as the clay that can add to the potter. But he still wants us anyways, because that's what love is. Because he gives all life and breath and all things. So I hope this has encouraged you to look at yourself just a little bit differently. Not to make you feel bad about yourself, but to remind you that there's a bigger purpose outside of yourself. You have an external purpose and God is there with you because before you came from the womb, you were potential and he took you. He took that clay that had potential and he made you into something. And the process of being a Christian, what people call Christians, but the process of living for God is that molding. It's a continue, it's a continual molding. You're going to be consistently changing over and over and over again as he works in your heart and he works in your mind as you repent and you say sorry for things that you have done in the past and say sorry for things that you've done in the present. But it's a beautiful relationship between the potter and the clay that he's a hands-on God and he will not remove his hands from his creation unless we decide to follow after a different purpose that he has not ordained or have given to us, if that makes sense. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you, first of all, for this opportunity that we have to come together tonight and to dive into your word and learn more about you and the purpose that you have for us and your purpose, Lord God, eternally. I hope and pray, Lord, that any person who listens to this will receive a fresh revelation, a fresh just illumination of who you are, something that they've never heard before or that opens up their minds to a new way of thinking that will glorify you the way that you deserve. You are our potter and we are the clay. And as humbling as that is, and how sometimes we we don't want to be that way, I am thankful that we are because that means you are a hands-on God that you will never leave us. You are not the author of confusion. So I ask that you bring clarity to those who are watching and that you bless them with knowledge that they've never had before. In Jesus' name, amen. If this episode blessed you, please take a screenshot of it and share it on your Instagram stories, tagging at HelloAwesomeLive. I would really love that. Also search my name, JC Pulford, J-A-C-Y-P-U-L-F-O-R-D on Amazon to buy my devotionals and coloring books. You can also donate to the Ministry of Hello Awesome through my link tree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E forward slash Hello Awesome Live. This will help fund future projects that will benefit the kingdom of God. Until next time, keep your chin up, beautiful.